The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And we are being joined this week by two stars of the, uh, I believe it's upcoming, hasn't been released yet. It has been released. It has been released. So yes, correction there. Uh, it has been released. Uh, two stars. Uh, these guys, in wrestling terms, you would call them heels in the movie or those who don't know, the bad guys in the movie. It's James, Jimmy Flame and Nicholas Yoder. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Great, brother. So tell us a little bit, uh, whoever wants to, tell us a little bit about WrestleMania or Wrestle Massacre WrestleMania. That's a whole different beast. I can tell beast. you all about WrestleMania, brother. <laughs> I think Nick, I think Nick uh, uh, yeah. could, could give you a good synopsis of WrestleMania or Wrestle Massacre. <laughs> now you got me to say WrestleMania. <laughs> well, listen here, yeah, brother. Give, give us Give us a brief history of WrestleMania, will you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it all started with the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, uh, oh, we're start. Uh, the basis of the movie is uh, basically there's a guy who wants to be a fresh professional wrestler, and everybody in town makes fun of him. And uh, how's it go, Jimmy? Uh, he gets basically he goes. He's a the 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 protagonist is a is a groundskeeper um, doing like menial work and he wants to be more than that so he signs up for Boogie Woogie Man's wrestling school and he basically gets laughed out of there they uh, you know he goes in and gets his, his ass kicked by by the Boogie Woogie Man himself um, and they laugh him out of the school and he just kind of loses his mind and decides to go on a killing spree with his wrestling gear on and from there it's just fan it's every, every it's everybody's dream of of uh, you know seeing people die from wrestling holds <laughs> so, so it's the one so his ring name is now the one, two, three killer. Oh, oh. there you go. <laughs> I, I I had to submit that one. I was going to say, why aren't you on the, why weren't you on the writing crew? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I think I applied, but my submission was horrible. Oh, I mean, it couldn't have been worse than mine. And I got in the freaking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how about you guys tell us a little bit about y'all's characters, uh, which very interesting to get because I knew when 
when I heard like the character Mr. Valentine, um, I thought it was the guy who wore the horrible golf-looking pants that was with with Jackie all the time. And come find out later, no, it's it's Nicholas's character. It's Nicholas portraying Mr. Valentine, which which is pretty cool. I I love the twist in that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your characters and how y'all got cast in the roles. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. All right, brother. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Um, I was cast as Jackie. A um, little bit of little insider information. When they were casting the movie, they wanted to cast us under uh, the names of wrestlers. And I, I recommended Jackie for Jackie Fargo because Jackie Fargo was like one of a, a huge influence of mine uh, when I was coming up in the wrestling business. So we rolled with that. Anyhow, I got cast as Jackie. And Jackie is uh, an eccentric. Um, I, I, gosh, how do you even describe the guy? He's just a he's just a crazy, you know, just crazy eccentric, um, probably psychopathic, uh, arguably <laughs> uh, character who who um, plays the um, muscle for Mr. Valentine in the movie, and he uh, goes around and he's supposed to collect money from people, um, and he has his own unique way of doing it. Uh, he wears a 1980s. Um, track suit, windbreaker type track suit, which is fabulous. Um, I'm still uh, a little disappointed that it got destroyed in the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, did oh, that yeah. come out of your personal it collection? It looked pretty comfortable. It was very comfortable, and, and it, it looked great, too, you know? <laughs> what was it from your personal collection? It was not from, no, it was, it was given to me first day on set. I, I originally went on set to help with some of the fight stuff, um, and then I ended up with a part, so... Okay. And then, of course, uh, you know, Nick plays Mr. Valentine, and he can tell you all about that. Yeah, well, uh, as Mr. Valentine, I was uh, Jimmy's boss, and I was uh, kind of like the brains of it, and I had a mass vocabulary of the way I talked. And, like, uh, they casted me just because, <laughs> well, the whole midget thing, it kind of brought out, like, a more interesting <laughs> part of the role. <laughs> Having a midget in a boss <laughs> of these big <laughs> tough guys <laughs> and having Jimmy there be my psychopath that was kinda like a dog on a leash. Okay. Pretty yeah, that's a good way to put it. I was a dog on a leash. <laughs> now I I'm curious, um only because of how society has been in most recent weeks. Uh you you were using the term midget, Nicholas, instead of the, the more PC term, little person. Uh, it, it, can I get, can we get some insight on why you would go that route? Is it because of um, the industry or? My personal feelings upon that whole thing is the way I was brought up. <laughs> I never liked the term little person because every time I heard little person, it made me think of like a little kid. Okay. So I always just preferred the word midget. I know some little people prefer to word the whole little person thing, but I'm different. <laughs> okay. Hey, there, there are times where being PC is right, and there are times where it's just overkill. Exactly. In, in many, many ways. So, so cool. So, that's one of those knowing your audience, how you, how you refer, and that's pretty awesome. So, um, so casting, uh, you, Jimmy, you said you were you were brought in originally to be a, a trainer and, cor- and fight choreographer. Um, what was the casting process like for you, Nicholas? Well, I worked with uh, Brad before on uh, some other movies, and so he just messaged me one day, asked me, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in being part of this movie, Wrestle Massacre?" I mean, I I used to be a professional wrestler. I retired here. What was it? 
couple months before the whole COVID thing, so. Okay. Well, we will get into y'all's career here in a little bit after we talk more about the movie, because I know, Jimmy, you were a wrestler as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, y'all's scene, scenes on, on the film, what what were some of your favorite moments? What was some of the um, maybe moments you're like, I can't believe we got away with that, or those were close calls? Um, what? I've got a couple favorite, but one of them involves Nick. I'll get, I'll, I'll let him get into that one. But one of my favorite scenes to film was um, the scene with Sandman. Uh, um, and there's another wrestler named Ryan Box in it. And then there's a manager who goes by the winner uh, in it. Um, and then there was an actor uh, as well in it. And I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for not remembering his name right now, but. <laughs> But uh, I really liked the scene because it was at it was at an, at an indie wrestling event um, up in Pennsylvania. I was actually there just to just to go say hi to the boys and, and chill out and you know just kind of enjoy a night of wrestling. And um, and Brad ended up showing up and he was like, "I'm filming a scene here. This is great." <laughs> So, and I think that's where he connected with the Sandman to get him uh, in the movie. And um, and then on the spot is where I, re- I recruited Ryan Box to be in it because we needed another we needed another body basically. And I was just like, dude, this guy looks good. I mean, I know, I know he can take bumps. He, he knows how to sell a punch. Yada yada. Let's put him in it. So um, so we got him in there. And then the scene was like, it was just it was it was one take, literally, like pretty much. Okay. Uh, for whatever reason, um, the Sandman didn't have a whole lot of time uh, on his hands to do it, so we knocked it out in one take, and it turned out to be, you know, a pretty funny scene. Now, is this the scene where y'all are shaking down Owen uh, at the restaurant? No, that's a different scene. Okay, because I was going to say that but one's the, got Tony Atlas in it as well. Exactly, Tony Atlas. Well, that's another one. I mean, just uh, that was actually a different event too. It was, it was, that too was a rest, had done in a wrestling event. Um, that one was filmed in that part was filmed in uh, Jessup, Maryland, at the MCW Arena, actually. And um, Tony Atlas was on the card, and Brad saw an opening to uh, you know not only just go see some wrestling, but also get Tony Atlas to scene taken care of as well. So um, we all showed up at that. Uh, there was a there was a warehouse adjacent uh, connected to the wrestling arena, and that's where we did it, and that was cool too. It was cool to just kind of talk to Tony Atlas as well. That guy's funny. <laughs> that dude is hilarious. So I I guess the question is going to be who in the movie was not a former pro wrestler or a current wrestler? <laughs> well, Julio Fernandez uh, is, a, is an actor. Like he's just a, he's just a straight up actor. So I okay. know that he um, he he played Owen. Um, I'll tell you, getting up on the ladder um, with a uh, gentleman who played Ricky, that's, uh, oh, last name is Alverda, right? Are you talking, talking about one of the actors in the movie? Yeah. No, that, uh, Richie. That's Richie Acevedo. He's the Cuban assassin. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he, he actually got His father is the, the, the Cuban assassin that did um, Grand Prix wrestling and all that good stuff up in Canada. He did, um, he's the he's the main, I mean, he's the, re- he's the wrestle massacre guy. <laughs> Right, he played Randy. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes, Randy, okay. the awkward groundskeeper. I've seen that phrase so many times across the internet. It's, it's hilarious. Now I'm just like, hey, Randy, the awkward groundskeeper. <laughs> now, when, when Owen go, when Owen goes, uh, the actor who plays Owen, when he goes toe to toe with him on the ladder, you, you would think he, he had he had a background in wrestling. Well, they 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 went through that scene many times. I was there for that. I remember the day they filmed that, and um, and he was. He 
he was a trooper about that whole thing. He was real adamant about, you know, not just respecting what we do because he didn't want it to come across as as, as hokey and, or whatever. You know what I mean? So he basically told Richie, you know, put me through the whatever you would do to, you know, a wrestler to get me ready for this. And he, he did. And I I give him mad props that for was hanging great. there and making it happen. Yeah, I, I we talked before show. I'm good friends with a couple wrestlers, and I know I would love to know what a chop feels like, <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to feel it from them. Oh, it feels fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's nice and easy. <laughs> now I wanna. I wanna ask. Speaking of Ricky, I actually want to hear both of from both of you about your death scenes with Ricky. Oh, I don't want to give away any spoilers though. No, no, yeah. I, no. I don't mean. I don't mean spoilers. I just mean not. Actually, I shouldn't have said death scenes, but anyway, let's say fight scenes. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no blood. There's no death. It's, it's not this movie is rated G. Yes, bring your children to the movie. The first three minutes, you'll be screaming. I just, and I, I just <laughs> meant when you when your characters are on their deathbeds, when they're an old man, many many years later. You know, no, but oh, yeah. but uh. <laughs> Um, I think you both kind of had some interesting fights with uh, Ricky to at the end there. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go ahead, Nick, I, I'll, I'll concede the table to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, the, I was very impressed when you picked him up. <laughs> yeah, I, that was a uh, that's actually my finisher when I used to wrestle was the Samoan drop. Okay. So right. I picked up a lot of guys doing that move. And yeah, I, I gotta say the fight scene was a lot of fun, a lot of like very interesting. And it was, it was great. It was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I remember when we went to film the fight scene, we'd done um, all the dialogue stuff that day. Um, you know, a lot of the other filming and then we started filming uh, fight scene stuff. And I remember just thinking, man, we should just do like a straight up, like 90, 1979 classic wrestling match instead of doing like this aggressive fight scene you know what i mean like right let's yeah. just do that and i was like you know why not you know what i mean who doesn't want to see uh somebody actually i can't say what happened because then i'd be telling you the whole freaking story but who doesn't <laughs> want to see what happened that's what i'm going to say <laughs> you know what right. I mean? it's just it was just it, it was uh it was real seamless it was it, you know it was it was just like Going out on a Thursday night or Friday night or whatever to to a flea market and putting on a wrestling match. It, it was it really that's kind of what we stuck to, and we you know filmed it a few times just to get the angles in, but it was pretty much a seamless thing was, uh, in terms of the whole fight scene. Well, just in case something for a, for a movie for a movie called Wrestle Massacre, it completely makes sense that you would yeah. you know instead of doing a normal fight, you'd, you'd wrestle each other, use some yeah, great that... wrestling moves. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, why not? You confront each other, and it's just like. The thing that cracked me up is when we locked up, I was like, dude, I can't believe we're like locking up like a straight up wrestling lockup <laughs> for a freaking movie fight scene. This is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, when they live, uh, there's a yep. scene where Roddy Piper's fighting. He grabs his dude, he picks him up by the head, and he kind of looks over at his partner and he nods at him, does the whole nod thing, and then he whips him, whips him into him like it's a, you know, like it's a freaking wrestling match, and the dude clotheslines him. Like, that's what I was like. We need that. You know what I mean? It's like that does not happen in a barroom brawl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case something does leak. 
Spoiler alert. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was my daughter. I recorded her saying that from, she's 10 now. I think she was two or three at the time. There you go. <laughs> so that may be a new drop. I need to get re-recorded as well. Right. But I like the innocence yeah, of that definitely. one. I like the innocence of that one. Oh, yeah. So um, to, to work with some of the people that y'all worked with that are, are uh, alumni of WWE, ECW, uh, WCW at the time, uh, the, the older guys, what was it like being around them, uh, especially in a movie-type setting? It was uh, very interesting hearing like some of the old older stories and getting some advice from some of the guys. Uh, I know Jimmy got to spend more time with them than I did. So Yeah, it was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, in a lot of ways, it was just like hanging out in the locker room before you're going out, you know, you, you, you know, the old timers come in and you pay respects and, my favorite part of that whole thing literally is saying, hey, tell me about that time, you know, fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Or tell me tell me this or that. I love hearing their 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 their, their road stories because especially when, you know, coming from the horse's mouth, so to so to speak, is always uh oh, yeah. I don't know, it's just it's just it's it's the it's, it's some of the funniest stuff you'll ever hear. <laughs> Now, now having being around Tony Atlas, uh, and we all know um, his involvement with with Brody down in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And of course, he uh, I don't know if y'all watch the show, but I, I found the series interesting. The Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did, did you get a chance to ask him any about his time on the show and, and the Brody? Or is that just known of that's what we saw is what we're going to get? And we don't ask him about it because that's just a, a taboo thing to do at the at this time. I mean, quite frankly, I wasn't even thinking of that kind of stuff when, uh, you know, as we're in the, in the same room. Um, and it's probably not something I would bring up to a guy that's like six foot seven or whatever and <laughs> still in like really good shape. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, OK, just didn't know it, me. I know I have that curiosity because that show, that series is so interesting and what gets told. Um, and then I know there was a, another show vice had for a while called the wrestler it was a, a canadian show and it talked about different genres of wrestling and, and like the different independent groups and whatnot um that type of stuff intrigues me i'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan um were, were y'all surprised even though the film was called wrestle massacre were you surprised just how much wrestling was involved in this film uh not really i wasn't really surprised about it i mean it's called Wrestle Massacre, so I figured there was <laughs> a lot of wrestlers and a lot of wrestling. Right, and then before like getting into it too, it's like you you know you see who's in it. It's like okay, this is you know this is probably going to be something that's not uh, you know, it's not something that's that's making fun of the industry or anything like that. I mean, he, he, I mean he had he's he's he brought on some some heavy hitting people. You know, um, I mean, Nikolai Volkov is perhaps is, you know, uh, yeah. right before he passed away, he's he's in it, you know, um, Manny Fernandez mm. is in it, you know, uh, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, you know, the Cuban, the Cuban assassin, like all these guys. And I found out that they were all part of it, even Nick. <laughs> I found out all these, all these people were part of it. I was like, I knew it was going to be something really special. Like, I just knew, like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I was, I was surprised to see Rene Dupree in it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I, I, and to have the role that he had uh, surprised me. Um, it, it was a great cast. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, what... 
has so much going on. I can't think of what I was going to ask. <laughs> this is, this is typical. It, it's typical of me. I can tell you a funny thing about Rene Dupree. When, it, when I first heard that Rene Dupree was going to be in it, um, I, for some reason, because of how my brain works, I thought he meant Rene Goulet. Remember that old wrestler, Rene Goulet? Right. Yeah. I was like, what? Rene, Rene? And I was just like, yeah, this is great. And I kept, I, it's just one of those funny, I don't know, wrestler brain things that happen. You confuse guys so sometimes after you guys saw the film was there something y'all looked back at and said i wish i could do that over again or do it a different way the whole freaking thing (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) that's why we gotta make a part two were you concerned about about doing it doing it uh a movie or did it bother you or, or like because you know even though it's a a wrestling themed movie. Were, were you uh, up, up for the chess, they say? Yeah, well, I'm also an actor, so I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, another day at work. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in some movies beforehand, so it was just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> my main concern was so many wrestlers being involved, and I really wasn't that familiar with Brad Twig. My main concern was, is this going to flow seamlessly, is it, or is this going to be kind of like a like a Mickey Mouse set? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was pro you know what i mean he, i mean he ran a, a really good ship i was very impressed with that so i'll never think that again about you brad twig if you're listening <laughs> well, i was gonna say i know mickey mouse personally well you know i'm just using mickey mouse as the you know as the right. that's the only thing that popped in my head hey this ain't no mickey mouse club or whatever you know it's no mickey mouse <laughs> operation and and i totally oh, get yeah, what, what people what people mean by that uh despite the fact i do work for the mouse. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. No, it's all right. Now you're right. I'm, hey. now I'm, I'm on your show making fun of your job. Yeah, it's, that's terrible. No, it's, it's, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. Derek, Derek knows I make fun of <laughs> <Right> on, <Derek>. <laughs> I make fun of my job all the time. <laughs> so um, so you you guys are both. You now, Jimmy, are you still wrestling? I haven't wrestled since last September, and you never really said no. Um, but for all intent and purposes, um, yeah, I'm pretty much done with uh, active in-ring work. Okay. Um, now, in terms, you know, in terms of like behind-the-scenes stuff, like yeah, I'm, I'm still uh, involved in, in some of that. Um, you know, exploring more options in like production and things like that. And I've even flirted with the idea of, of uh, playing like or doing like a manager role or something like that. Um, it just depends on, you know, if if the, if the stuff falls in place, if there's a spot for it. Um, okay. You know, uh, if, if it if it works out like that, then it then it works out like I, that. But I no, I do I do like a zillion other things too. So well, we we totally understand. You never say never because our our co-host that's with us mm-hmm. on our Star Wars show uh, is now back helping coach, and I think he's getting back in the ring some uh, up in Ohio at RCW, okay. um, and his ring name is Blackhawk. Okay. Uh, whether that helps you guys any or not, or that's just another mm-hmm. name. Uh, but uh, his real name's Ken Rose. Okay. And uh, okay. He, he's wrestled mainly there in the Cleveland-Akron, uh, north, northeastern Ohio area. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, he was just telling us, yeah, I'm back helping coach and getting back in the ring on occasion. Like, so it never left, huh? No. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah just, that, sounds like a, that sounds like something that would happen. <laughs> now, Nicholas, you said you, you said you were wrestling up until the virus that shall remain nameless, uh, if we take that Harry Potter twist. Um, now, is this a, a temporary thing because of the virus or? No, I actually had a retirement match. And I officially am done with wrestling. I was always told either you <laughs> completely quit and walk away from it or you kind of do a little bit here and there and you end up back in the ring. And I decided I needed to just walk away. Respect. Thank you. So it was just interesting timing then with the COVID. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. in these what do they call it strange and and weird times or whatever whatever every business out there is saying now yeah strange and something times whatever yeah yeah right yeah the pandemic that turned that took normal away something like that there you go that's a good one the pandemic that took normal for me but Um, now, how long, how long were you guys wrestling before you you come to the stage in your careers that, that you're at now? Uh, I think it was like uh, I wrestled for about nine or ten years. Okay. Yeah, I, I debuted that back in 1995, so it was about 24 years. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's wow. funny because um, I was actually a baseball player, and around the same time, like, the wrestling was calling. You know what I'm saying? And I chose to go down the pro wrestling path instead of pursuing – uh, baseball. I was actually um, recruited to play like minor league ball and be on a path to to be a professional baseball player. And I decided to do pro wrestling instead. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, since you were had lived in the New Orleans area at one time, Texas sure. League. That would have been great. No, it was um it, it, the, t- the the one team that that was really aggressive about reaching out to me was the Chicago Cubs. And um I don't know where they would have placed me or anything like that because I was a, I was a pitcher, but I'm not like six. I'm not six two you know what i mean there's no right i, I just don't see myself doing very much because uh, I'm, I'm five foot ten um as a pitcher um so i, I mean i don't know where they would have placed me or, or or anything but i mean if i would have went down that path i would have, i would have hit it just as hard as i did wrestling okay yeah various areas i've lived I've, I've always had some minor league baseball around me uh when i lived in upstate new york we had the elmira pioneers who at the time were uh single a short season um, and right as I was leaving, they were with the Marlins. Okay. I think with the Marlins. Um, I did a with the Marlins. <laughs> then, um, when I moved to Shreveport, Louisiana, we had the Shreveport captains with the Texas league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shortly after I moved, they became the Shreveport swamp dragons and then folded. And then they came back as a, in an independent league, uh, originally as the pilots. And I think now they're back as the captains again. I'm not sure. Um, but I think Winchester area, someone in the Winchester area had a minor league team. I, I think Winchester does. Um, I know Southern Maryland has a, yep. has a, there's an independent club called the Maryland blue crabs. They play. Yep, yep, yep. Um, they're part of it. Like the Texas league is an independent league basically. Right. Isn't it? To, to my knowledge anyway, they're an independent league, uh, much like the, the league that's out here, but there's also, uh, the single a Frederick keys, which are with the Orioles and then the, uh, Bowie Bay Sox, which are, who are also with the Orioles. There's a lot of freaking baseball around this area. It's, it's, well, it's oh. with the Texas league at the time, uh, the captains were with the, uh, San Francisco giants. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and of course now I've got, um, the Florida fire frogs, which is part the, uh, single a for 
Fire frogs. Fire frogs. <laughs> they actually have a pretty cool logo. Um, I was going to say, I need to get a hat. They yeah. sell hats at the lid store that's about half a mile down the road from me. I, I I need to get one myself. I just don't know which one I want. I think I want to get the alternate because I like the alternate logo. Or they're, they have a red ball cap that I really like because, one, I wear so much black at work, I don't want a black hat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're the single A for the Atlanta Braves, and then we've got the the rookie league over at uh, ESPN Sports Complex, or we did with the uh, with the Braves team there uh, back when they used to do spring training at, at Sports okay. Complex. So, do you remember? Do you remember a place called Boardwalk and Baseball down there? That was there before I moved down here in '96. Okay, I remember uh, 1988. I spent yep. a year down there when I was like. 12 or something like that they and were, um I, we went to boardwalk and baseball and it was just like it was like my favorite place in the, in the world because you go into a, an amusement park with roller coasters and everything and all of a sudden like there's pro baseball teams playing on the field kansas, <laughs> kansas city royals there you go yep yep, yep. yeah it used to be the royals so because the astros you uh where the fire frogs played the astros used to play spring training there okay cool so um now, I, I'm curious, Nick, being a, a midget wrestler, uh, using your term, um, how how is, was that viewed uh, both in the locker room, by the fans? Because uh, that is something you don't see much of, uh, especially, I mean, you saw some during the 2000s with um, Hornswoggle, and, you know, he's still around quite a bit and of course with the mexican wrestling lucha libre and uh triple a and all that you know you, you see some of them down there how how do you how was it being with normal sized wrestlers or did you find yourself working more in leagues that were more um midget wrestling because i know i know there was the show that hulk hogan did about midget wrestling yeah um actually i did both and being in, like if i would go to a new locker room all the guys would treat me with a lot of respect always come up and shake my hand ask me questions and stuff and uh the fans they always loved it especially when i went like the whole david versus goliath match they <laughs> they just love those type of matches um then uh actually i did try out for the, the hulk hogan wrestling show uh and i was a part of them for a little bit and then uh, i actually joined uh short sleeve samson in his league that he started up in Canada. Uh-huh. And I did that for about two years. And I mean, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun, met a lot of great guys and a lot of interesting people. So your preference in match, did would you prefer wrestling with the average size wrestlers, if that's the right term to use? Or or, yeah, or did you or, or did you or did you um enjoy just staying with, with the midget ranks? Uh yes. Honestly, say I actually preferred wrestling the normal size guys and uh, doing that type of match because uh, when I first started training, my trainer, the Wolfman, he uh, he asked me, "Do you want to be a serious wrestler or do you want to just be a joke?" And I told him I wanted to be a serious wrestler and I wanted to to actually put on real matches and do like a great show and entertain the people. And so he wouldn't, he never asked me to like throw comedy in my matches or anything like that. And that's a lot of the guys never really asked me to do it, but once in a while I would throw something in, but for the most part it was, I would put on legit matches and people loved it. Now I, I, I want to ask, was he always fair and ask the normal size wrestlers the same question? Do you want to be a serious wrestler or do you want to be a joke? Or was it because yeah, it, he asked, it, it was you. because of my size. Okay. And, I mean, if I wanted to be a joke, he would have took me on the route of doing comedy-type wrestling. 
Okay. And, and, it's, and that's because midgets, midget wrestlers can go either way, the comedy or the, the serious, depending on yeah. how they're used. Okay. Because I know, um, I, I don't know his real name, but Hornswoggle, uh, he, he trained as a serious wrestler, but WWE turned him into a comedic wrestler. Yeah. In many ways, um, and I know his his dwarfism is is a lot different than yours. Oh yeah, and, and I I'm impressed seeing him with some of the limitations he has of of what he can actually do in the ring, and, and it's like okay, mad respect uh with that um it's just like seeing you pick up richie and and just do that do this st- and i'll tell you right now that was legit i was there i was like <laughs> i was filming in a, in a little side cam for my own personal use and dude that he came in and scooped richie right up and was like Floop! i was gonna say because it, um, it just looked weird you know it just looked strange like here's this dude and then richie is like three times his size and he just comes in and just scoops him right up and was like all right what do you guys want me to do with him and i was like I don't know. Throw him on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will tell you that out of everything in that entire movie, that was the one scene where I was like, "Holy!" <laughs> was like, Whoa. I mean, straight up power. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. Like, oh yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> well, I, 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 it it didn't one. even look like it was. It was a struggle at all. You just like. <laughs> picked him up like he was a doll no it, it wasn't I, I wasn't even wanting to tell him i was like you should like wince or something so it actually looks like you're having to... no he just goes in and just scoops him right up and just bam i was just like all right <laughs> it, it, so uh, you, you almost want to do like that um the, the native american prisoner who's sitting in the booth with chris berman in the longest yard right and when <laughs> and when nicholas picks him up you just want to go whoop because <laughs> that's about what it was like whoop okay and drop there you go. <laughs> now, now, did Ricky know it was going to be like, like that or, you know, that that quick and easy or? Yeah, we kind of surprised. <laughs> we did like a little test run quick uh, before we started sure. filming. That makes sense. Yeah. Just to make sure I was uh, able to do it and he was comfortable. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's still even filming. It's still the old adage. You're, you're still there to protect the other person with any. Oh, yeah, so. I mean, but Richie's a big tough guy. You know, he can take it. <laughs> See, I think that it's like Jimmy's a big tough guy, and he was able to take the slap that I gave him. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we can talk about that. Like, actually, that's a scene we can talk about where he actually smacked the living crap out of me. <laughs> so, so was that a nice open hand slap, or was that a cupped slap? No, it was a straight up backhand. <laughs> it was oh, like yeah. an iced tea, pissed off at somebody, like no punch, nothing. It was like. Bam, it was a straight up like pimp slap. <laughs> Nicholas, I gotta say, pimp hand strong. <laughs> yeah, Nick's pimp hand is strong. I'm tell- I- I'll tell you right now. When he did it, he just laced me with it, and I just stopped and was just like, made sure they got the got it on camera. And then I looked and I was like, dude, you you just smacked the shit out of me. He was, he was like, well, how else do you want me to do it? I was like, just do it like that again if we gotta do it again. <laughs> As long as it looks good, it's all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for it, too, but... No, no, I don't feel bad for it. You kept telling me, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I will say, I, it's not that I actually like being hit. It's just, I, it, was, it was all for the art. 
Yep. <laughs> there you go. I actually hate being hit, but it is what it is. And yet you're a pro wrestler. Yeah, exactly. I was also a boxer and, uh, and, a, and a rugby player. I hate being hit, but it's just like it's just part. It's a byproduct of the game, you know. It's like if you if you well, can't if you can't take it, you shouldn't do it. Sure, that's that. You know, if I if I were to if I hated getting hit so much, that's all the stuff I would do too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, exactly. Hey, Derek. I, I'm still yeah. not calling you Zod. Well, it's not. It's not okay. It's it's not that I told myself one day. Oh, I hate getting hit. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do these things that get me hit. I made the decision to do the things that required getting hit, and then determined afterwards that I hated getting hit, but just kept doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you probably didn't realize till after. You're like, oh yeah, I don't think I like that as much. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Emmett Smith's like famous. And I- you know, the running back for the you know Dallas Cowboys famously yep. said he hates getting hit, and that's the only reason why he ran the way he did because he didn't like to touch him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's away a from, good way to look at it. To get hit. <laughs> and I, that's when I the Dallas Cowboys were actually the Dallas Cowboys, not the Dallas Cowgirls. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, anytime you mention Cowboys, someone's got to say something like that. So. <laughs> I bet. I bet you thought when hey, you when went you... into acting, you wouldn't have to hit as much. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I figured I'd just be doing a lot of talking, but that's been the opposite. I still <laughs> have time. I, I get a lot of death scenes. <laughs> oh, you got it's uh, wrestling, so you you can take all these stunts and do all these stunts, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, can we throw you off this roof into a barrel of burning oil? Oh, yeah, sure. Can you do it with no suit? Uh, how much money are you giving me? <laughs> it's, it's just like wrestling, right? <laughs> it's just like wrestling, exactly. <laughs> so, so we so, want. I've always we, we we want to body slam you off off a sec, out of a second story window onto a bed of nails. You're okay with that, right? As long as, as, long as Nick's the one doing it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got your back. Oh, yeah, he got my one. back. I know he's got my back. <laughs> Pimp and strong. It's like we got a sequel in the works here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, I always, I've, I've often wondered because we've seen it a lot of times. But from your point of view. Would you say that wrestling kind of led you into acting, or like, like, how do you make that transition? Was it, was it because of wrestling that you're like, I want to try acting, or? Uh, for me, it was uh, wrestling kind of led me into acting because I used to do a show, and there was a guy that did his own horror films, and that led me to get to know Brad and. Into his movies. Okay. Yeah, I kind of. Um, it's to, for me. It's like a chicken or the egg question because I've always been interested in mm. acting, but I was always like, like I got involved in pro wrestling initially because I was like, oh, that looks crazy. I need to do it. Like I've always been. I'm like a fire. I'm, you know, a firefly when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's nuts. I'm gonna go do it. Um, and it's just it was kind of like something that kind of worked together. Like I did some acting without wrestling and then but 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 in the same token um token i don't know if that's the 
proper parlance or whatever, but whatever. Um, wrestling did kind of guide me into these other sort of acting opportunities. Like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been in Wrestle Massacre if I didn't have a wrestling background or have, you know, a wrestler vouch for me or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever caused Brad to give me a call. I'm pretty sure he would not have called me if I was not a wrestler. Um, I don't know, but, uh, you know, and then there was like another, these uh, some other movies I've done where I know for a fact that I was cast only because I was a wrestler, uh, et cetera. Um, but then, but then, you know, I'll be, I've been cast in other things where I'm on set and no one has any clue that I've ever done professional wrestling. So it's just, yeah, like I said, to me, it's a chicken or the egg thing. It's, it's, it's not a one thing led to the, to the other linear type Same. thing. It's just, it's just something that's like, it's just, uh, you know, it, it all, it, it's, it's all happening because I, I guess I will, you know, my way into those positions. <laughs> <laughs> now, does it bother you when you guys get cast because you guys were wrestlers or are wrestlers and, and they have certain expectations of um, and the and they have a stereotype of you guys that they don't realize is, is totally wrong when, when they cast you for a role. For me, it's, no, not at all. I, I relish in those sorts of, uh, you know, in, in that kind of a, of a, a setting. Um, I like to look at those moments as ways to educate people or at least share my story that, you know, might perhaps resonate with other wrestlers as well, as opposed to being offended that someone only wanted to, to you know, book me, uh, you know, in an acting gig simply because I was a wrestler. I mean, I'll take advantage of that and, and, and correct a lot of stereotypes that they might have about wrestling or, or whatever. You know, I, I'm, I'm all about sharing, you know, knowledge about what I do and uh, as opposed to, you know, getting offended if somebody gets it wrong. I would have to definitely agree. That's the same way. Yeah. Now, do you do you find when, with some of those films, uh, like if there is a, a fight scene and the way it's done, you guys are able to step in and go, you know, if we do it like this and and you maneuver this way and turn that, you know, start like jump in and go. Oh yeah. Because I'm, of my I'm, experience, I'm, I'm, you could <laughs> you can make this look so much better. And with me, I could help you if you do this. I'm able to do a flip to make you look even better on screen. Do those opportunities come up where the maybe the the fight choreographer on set's going? Wow, I never thought about that. It's frequent, but it's it's typically like uh, I mean, I don't interject unless something's unless I feel like I have to. Like if I'm on the set of like say MacGyver or something, and somebody that works for CBS is doing a fight scene, I'm, I'm of course not going to jump in and be like, let me show you how to do your job that you've been doing for 30 years you know it depends on where you're at um but so, sometimes i find myself in situations where i can't help it where i have to say something like hey why don't you try this instead or um you know this uh if, I, if i'm going to critique something i'm at least going to provide um you know an alternative you know what i mean i'm, I'm not just going to jump in and critique without having some sort of answer or a suggestion that you know you might, you may or may not want to use, or is it a lot of times you're you're just going, hey, I don't feel safe with the way this is. If we just tweak it like this, tweak the tweak the positioning, tweak the the, the angle and whatnot like this, I, I would feel more comfortable with it. Uh, is that usually re perceived fairly well? Um, no. Coming from from the background that you you guys have as wrestlers, uh, I know in my experience it is perceived pretty well when I tell them I don't feel comfortable doing this, but do you mind if I do it like this? I uh, always have like a, an alternative on how I want to do something. So, uh -huh. yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. 
brief. Sometimes you do run into the situations where it's just not, you're not comfortable doing something. And there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I, I'm not comfortable with this. Let's try this. So come from a, a wrestling background, are you, are you asked or expected a lot to, to do stunt work? Um, Kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't have as much experience doing uh, acting as much as Jimmy does, but I mean, my experience, yeah, they uh, expect me to do most of my own stunts and mm. don't work. Yeah, I usually, I, I typically insist on doing my own stunts if there's any to be, any to be done. Um, but if not, I mean, I, I've done other things before, you know, other other movies or shows or whatever, where um, I just told them straight up, I was like, you're going to have to find a double because I'm not I'm not falling through this or doing that. <laughs> you know, it just, <laughs> it, just, it just depends. But the cool thing about the movie industry is like, they, you're never forced to do anything. You know, um, mm. you just tell somebody, I, I don't like that. You don't even have to tell them why. You just say, I'm not doing that. And it's like, okay, fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Have you have you ever had a situation cool. where you you knew the director was brought you on because you were a wrestler had the stereotype oh you could do your own stunts have you ever ribbed them by saying what you don't have a stunt double for me even though oh. you even though you knew you were gonna you were okay doing the stunts they were gonna ask you have you ever pulled that rib on them I did that to Richie uh, he was doing a movie called The Mountaineer and I rolled in I was like where's my stunt double and he just looked at me like yeah whatever I'm like no I'm serious and he's like are you and I was like yeah I'm serious I had him going for a few minutes until you know. I mean, ultimately, he knew, but but of course, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm I'm kind of a, a joker on set. Like I try to keep it light and keep it fun, and you know, not feel like it's a job. So of course, <laughs> <laughs> biggest prank you pulled on set for a Russell Massacre? A prank? Yeah, or rib? For me, it's probably uh, just showing up was the prank. <laughs> <laughs> Like, surprise now your movie ain't gonna be worth shit <laughs> so are you are you a big ribber at all nicholas or uh a little bit i mean i'll get involved with a few jokes here and there and stuff but i mean i'll say this on set jimmy kept it uh pretty light and <laughs> i can't help it <laughs> Hey, you got to have fun, right? Oh, yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. Biggest match or your most extreme match that you look back on and go, I can't believe I did it and survived. Hmm. I don't know. Look at bo- both of us are like, um, I don't know, because it's pr- probably, I don't know. I never, I've never gone into a match thinking I wasn't going to survive or anything. I, I, always, yeah. I was always really comfortable in the ring. Yeah. Even if it was like a match that had baseball bats and all that crazy stuff, I, just, I was always just ready for it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I gotta agree with them. It, okay. You don't go in thinking you're not gonna survive. You just, uh, I know there's been one match where I knew I was gonna go in there and flip out on the guy. <laughs> there you go. What, what was it? Planned that way, or was it because of the other guy's reputation? You knew because of the other guy's gonna... reputation, I knew I was gonna snap on him. <laughs> so he planned it. <laughs> he planned it. The other guy just didn't know about it. <laughs> that works. <laughs> he beat me with a hockey stick, and I got pissed off, and I took it from him, and I started beating the shit out of him with it. There you go. <laughs> hey, as long as he can get up and walk away, it's not a it's not a first degree misdemeanor. That's right. <laughs> Um, what what was the the highest organization you guys worked for if if it could be tiered that way in the wrestling ranks uh 
I would have to say for me it was WWE. Really? Yeah. I was uh um, I was a ring announcer for Hornswoggle and El Torito's uh Wii LC match. Okay. I remember that match. Climb the three step ladder. Right. <laughs> I remember that match. I that was a that was a wild match. Yeah. So so that was just a one off that you did with yeah. them. Yeah, I was micro Cole. That's right. What? That's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That is That's awesome. legit pop right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys that on the microphone or your podcast. Jim Flames is straight up pop for that name. Hi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Thank> Jimmy. <laughs> what about you, Jimmy? I'm independent. I, I I never really went higher than the local bingo hall. <laughs> <laughs> I did a tons of tryouts. Like I tried out for ROH. Um, I did uh, you know some squash stuff back when they used to do house matches. Right. Um, when WWE slash F were you know would, would do tra- would travel locally, they'd always have a, like a B and C team. Um, and then they'd open up the night with like locals. Like I did stuff like that like earlier in in my wrestling career. Um, but I never uh, really in terms of like WWF or WWE went any further than that. Um, even though I was told, oh yeah, we'll call you back. You know, I got those kinds of things. But you know, of course, nobody ever called me back um, unless they unless they were coming back through and you know needed someone to get get beat up um and which were always good paydays by the way um but yeah i uh, did some ring of honor tryouts um yeah i mean i pretty much stuck to the i'd I love wrestling in in uh elf lodges and, and things and things like that so i never really um you know i never really I, I didn't drive down to florida and try to get into the to the um what is it the wwe training facility whatever whatever they NXT. call it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't do that. Um, and I think part of that also was I. You know, like I said, I've, I've got all kinds of other stuff going on. So wrestling, although it was important, and I did take it serious, um, and I did travel. You know what I mean? I didn't just stick around my own. I mean, I was traveling all over the United States constantly uh, doing that. Uh, but I had, you know, also had other other things that I, that I wanted to do as well. And, and um, you know, uh, what, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, um, Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you guys watching now uh or are you guys watching wrestling now i mean do you do you have a favorite that that you're you you have to watch every week that if you can watch it live you're gonna watch it live i don't really i, I more or less support try to support the people that i do know that are in the industry even though i'm, I'm not opposed to watching wrestling but um i'm more or less like a, a supporter uh, like my buddy uh, max morrison um awesome wrestler uh, indie guy like um watch out for him because he's really good he's got a really good look and he's still you know working on his stuff but um but he's 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 someone who really busts his ass and gets out there and he travels and he, you know, probably has one of the most impressive merch tables uh, aside from the Red Scorpion that you'll ever see. <laughs> um, but I try to I try to focus all my energies on that and, and supporting, uh, you know, local wrestlers or unknowns or indie guys that I know uh, that I would that I want to see on television. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nicholas? As Nicholas is frozen, he's frozen. Oh, dude, like that's a really good look too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, did we lose him? I don't know. Uh, seems we might so, have. So, so what was that one story you wanted to say about Nicholas now that he's not here? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Did you find him? We have lost him. Uh, Let me see if I can get him back on. Like, was it something I said? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to use the excuse that has something to do with a cell phone. Of course. Bad signal. 
Yeah. Sad part is we lost Nicholas briefly. And I, I call you Nicholas. I call you Nick. Do you have a preference? I know the show. We're we're near the end of the show, and, <laughs> and we just now asked this question. Look up a Stephen. Okay, so Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I prefer. Yes. <laughs> um, what about you? Uh, see, doing this whole joking and all that. I remembered the question I was going to ask that I was asking before we lost you. Um, hey. Yeah, that's a, hey, that's good for me. That's a, Derek surprised. I'm sure that I actually remembered. Yep. <laughs> um, wrestling out there now. Who are you? Are you watching anyone, or is there someone that that you 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 are watching? You know, group or organization you are watching live? Uh, honestly, right now I'm not really paying too much attention to or watching one specific show. I mean, maybe once in a while I'll check in on some stuff, but okay. for the most part, I kind of just dropped off. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. I was gonna say I I I've dropped cable, so I don't get access anymore, so I can't watch Impact. It's hard, and I can't find it online to watch. Uh, I do watch AEW, and of course the three three brands of WWE. But I found the one that I'm liking really the most is NWA, which they're showing on Facebook Live. Okay, like the new like the new NWA, right? Yeah, about? yeah, with James Storm and uh, and Stu Barrett, and um, I do like the Stu. Video style wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I mean, it, it's professional wrestling just looks good in a studio. You know, it's just. <laughs> well, that that's how I remember watching it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the mids um, with TNT was it uh, Georgia wrestling that became NWA. And, and Mid South right. for a while, and then now Mid South was out in Memphis. Uh, so George, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, I remember um, it, it wasn't. I don't know if it was studio or if it was slightly bigger, uh, but the old GWF. Yep, Global Wrestling. Yep. <laughs> remember watching it. Um, that's what I loved. You know, being in Louisiana, even when we lived in Arkansas. Uh, my family lived in Arkansas. Was getting all the regional wrestling in, instead of the the big mainstays. I mean, I enjoyed right. watching WWE, but man, let me let me watch GWF. Let me watch uh, Mid South. Let me watch. Uh, well, that stuff was like it was like a really gritty production, and it and a gritty production goes really hand in hand. Yeah, with with what they're trying to do. It's like to me. Um, it was, it was kind of like WWF was Hollywood, as, whereas, uh, you know, the other stuff was just like, it was just rough and tumble, barroom yeah. brawl, you know, like just, you know what I mean? Just real dirty and real gritty. It's just yeah. like, to me, it's like a, a, as a young, impressionable boy, like I was drawn to that. Because those those were the kind of people I was around. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't around these polished types, and I didn't really care. I didn't really, you know, care for them either. And you know, (laughs) even even. TNA impact when they were filming here in Orlando out of the soundstage. I mean, it was a little, it was bigger than your, your NWA or your old uh, Georgia, Georgia wrestling where it was smaller TV studio. I mean, it was a, it was an actual soundstage. So it was a little bit bigger, but it, it still had that, it's like okay, I'm in a soundstage. It's not an arena. There's maybe right. a few hundred people in here, and this is still a decent. Uh, I'm really liking this vibe. It, it's right, right, pretty right. cool. Yeah, I agree. So, and, yeah. and I was surprised standing on the rails all night. Uh, we were there. It was a live live show. We were at. Uh, we were probably there three and a half, four hours because 
they recorded uh, they they taped a uh, show for their British for for their British networks. It was a show just for or for the UK. So you know we had that. That was one or two matches, and then the full Impact show. And like, okay, this is this is cool. This is this is pretty awesome. I, I I like that vibe. You know, I've been to a a bigger taping. Um, the whole time that I that WCW was filming here at at Disney and MGM Studios, I never went. Even after I was working there, oh wow, um, I just never went. But. I, I was working earlier in the day, um, the night of the infamous Hulk Hogan roll of pennies incident that pretty much ended the relationship with WCW and, and Disney. Wow. So y'all heard about that story, right? Refresh me. Cause I have, but I don't know like any, I don't know. I don't remember any of the details or anything. Hogan, yeah. Hogan, I forgot who he was hitting, but he had a, he, he grabbed a roll of pennies. You see him put it in his hand, went to hit someone when he did happen to hit hard enough that it broke the roll of pennies in his hand and the impact caused the pennies to fly out into the audience. Disney was afraid of the liability of guests getting hurt. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wait a minute. They have professional wrestling going on where like a body can fly anywhere or somebody gets hit with a chair. They're worried about liability. (laughs) They're worried about pennies. They're worried about coinage. Well, yeah, either that or they're worried about the pennies. I mean, hey, you know, I can understand that. (laughs) So, but they were, they were worried about the liability of potentially Disney getting sued because they got, someone got hit by a flying object that was not a foreign object that was not a pro wrestler. Wow. And yet, I almost would assume for being so offended by that statement. <laughs> but yeah, here here I am at Universal Studios watching a TNA taping, and here comes right. James Storm, and he breaks a beer bottle and, and does his shaking up a beer bottle and spraying it everywhere, and I'm getting soaked right. in, in beer for getting sprayed. <laughs> Get well, I didn't get soaked, but I got I got someone to spray at the beer, and I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> no big yeah, deal. Yeah, I mean, fans fans know the risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just right, like going right. to a baseball game, just like going to a hockey game or whatnot. Right, something's got puck or ball is going to leave the the area somewhere. I want a ball to fly in my direction when I'm at a baseball game. <laughs> yeah, is that everybody's dream? <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, like, like a year, like, just under two Have years ago, like, oh, I get your face baseball man. game since I was a kid. I'm 43 years old, and I got my first foul ball like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I was at a, I was at a Shreveport Captain's game in Shreveport. Guy hits a foul ball, and it got, comes just past the net, past the dugout. Uh-huh. Heading right towards where you make the turn to to go to the concessions on the back side, and I'm watching the I I, I stopped because I saw the pitch go. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop and make sure I'm not walking into something. Watch right. this ball, and it came like slow motion across the lower stands, and then it got two three rows away from me. Wait, and I'm on the mezzanine, and as soon as it got like two rows away from me, it's like sped up to full speed visually. Oh, wow. and I'm like, okay, and it and it stopped like five feet in front of me where it came through. I'm like, okay, if I kept walking, my butt would be on the ground right now, <laughs> probably Dude, bleeding out with my ear. I didn't even make an effort. Some kids were already there. Kids were already there, and I let the kids have it. But it, I was just... you built up the story so much. Like I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, and then I dove on the ball and got it. I was, I was just so mesmerized on how. Uh, here's a ball. I know how fast it's truly going, but it looked like it was slow motion until two, three rows away. And then it's like, right. Wham. Whoa. 
and then you hear the hiss, and it's like, oh, that's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The part that he left out was he was screaming like a little girl the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah. On the inside. <laughs> On the inside. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Still not so, calling you Zod. <laughs> you will. So <laughs> you guys uh, said so you don't really watch much wrestling anymore. But uh, do you do you stay in touch with uh, any anybody that used to? when you were wrestling oh yeah, yeah you, you definitely stay in touch with uh guys you've worked with and i mean no. i was actually just talking to the the one midget i used to wrestle with up in canada and today and yeah you just don't lose touch that's cool. that's like family to you you just don't lose touch with your family yeah exactly it's it's just because you're <clears throat> you're not around all the time doesn't i I'm, all, I'm in constant contact with a lot of cats that i've worked with and um yeah it's, it's uh just because you're not in the locker room doesn't doesn't mean, I mean I wasn't I didn't show up to the locker room just to see them you know what I mean but you do build relationships especially if you you know if you've been around for a long time it's like these these are your people yeah I like I like that I like to hear that yeah yeah so who who are y'all's inspirations uh, I'm not gonna say idols or role models because um, <laughs> that that next question will come later but who are you who are y'all's inspirations to get into wrestling. Uh, for me, it was a uh, Stone Cold. He's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, it was, uh, it's that's always such a hard question because I would, when I was a kid, I would just watch wrestling just because it looked like it looked so crazy and just like cartoony and fun and awesome. And it also looked like fun. Like I was like, man, that looks like so much fun. Um, so it's difficult to say like there was any particular wrestler that that I would look back and say, oh, I looked at that person and said, I have to do this. But I will say, when Jimmy Superfly Snooker came off the top of the cage, uh, yeah. dude, like to this day, I was just like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just so cool. Like, I want that's yep. I want to figure out a way to to experience the feeling that that guy must have had coming off the top of the cage. <laughs> now, now I'm going to go the other he way. Was amazing. Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to go the other way. After being in the business, who who was your biggest mentor? Because I because I'll say mentor because you actually worked with the with the person or persons. Um, mm-hmm. Because to to me and the and the reason why I, I give that clarification for me uh, my inspiration in becoming an audio engineer was Ben Burt who is the sound designer for Star Wars. Um, I had some people go, oh, he's your idol. No, my idol is my parents. Right. Just right. like I hope I hope I am one of my daughter's idols. Um, well, he's your mentor. Well, no, I never worked with the guy. Uh, so he can't be a mentor. Probably. Um, the, uh, there's a, well, I, I forgot what the other term was that I've used. I said, but he is my inspiration. Uh, so that's why I said, who, who was your inspiration now? Who were who your mentor or mentors that, that you, you consider helped you the most to, to keep that love of professional wrestling? Uh, I know for me, I would have to say, uh, everybody I've worked with, I mean, everyone I've worked with, I've learned something or gotten some kind of knowledge from them and it it's just not one person it's everyone i i've come across and dealt with yeah I'd, I'd have to agree um but i'd also say like later later in my wrestling career it has to be uh bruno bob evans um he kind of came he kind of came along and started delivering this mess of uh you know inclusivity and like making uh, professional wrestling this thing that was that was that was okay to do you know what i mean like you didn't have to necessarily hide it from people or, or just you know um you know he, he really came along and it was just like look treat this as a business no matter what level you're doing it at 
you know, and um, you know, that that really resonated with me because I've been someone who, who just kind of kicked around for a long, long time um, and had my own uh, opinions on how wrestling should be. And then this guy from Ring of Honor all of a sudden is running around going, hey, you can do this however you want to do it. You know, like you didn't really have a lot of people running around saying you can go uh, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was you know, there, there were a lot of rules in wrestling and a lot of um I don't know, just things you didn't do. And he was just like, dude, it's cool to just, it's cool to, he's like, screw it. It's cool to get out there and just do whatever you want with it. Um, so definitely late, later in my wrestling career, Bob Evans was was kind of a mentor in that in that respect. Um, and then early, of course, the guy who pretty much trained me was a wrestler named Tim Flowers. He was a, a Canadian wrestler. Um, uh, you know, he, he helped break me in uh, to the business. And most of the stuff he taught me to do, I did for 24 years. <laughs> Okay. Heel or baby face? What do you prefer to be or what do you, what do you mean? What you prefer to be? Uh, for me, uh, heel was always more fun because it's fun I to piss all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine, I imagine it has more freedom too. Yeah. Like to just whatever you want. He, heel is fun, but I prefer baby face so I can sell t-shirts. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, you, you do get more money as a baby. Yeah. You're, you're, you're working heel. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Cause it's really what it comes down to when you're, when you're asked to work heel or baby face, they're asking you to work a style of wrestling. It's not necessarily about going out and being like, Oh, I'm a bad guy. I mean, there's a style of wrestling that comes along with it. Yeah. And you're pretty, you pretty much control the action when you're a heel. Um, I, I like working baby. Um, on the other hand, I like working baby face as well because it's I like going out in the ring and not having to make those decisions in a, in a match. I, I I like following the lead. Like I like going out and, and knowing, okay, you're the bad guy, blah blah blah. I'm gonna go in here, let's lock up. I'm gonna out wrestle you. Oh no, I'm on the ground. Okay, you're calling the whole thing from here on out. You know, I like. You know, I like, I like, it's the same thing in the acting game. It's like, you're not, it's not that you're acting or, or, or anything like that. You're reacting. And and when you're a baby face in wrestling, that's what you're doing. You're reacting to anything that, that you're, that's being thrown at you. So I, I think just, you know, having an acting background as well, like I'm more inclined to, to do the, the reaction than I am to do the action. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching yeah. uh raw Monday and they had, um, Paulo Cruz, uh-huh. uh, who's now the internet. Uh, the uh, U.S. heavyweight champion. And right. I'm like, okay, nice clean match. Seemed seemed okay. I didn't see many missed spots or bad spots. But the ending, they had him getting the pin with his and, and putting his feet on the second row. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That's a heelish thing to do. Not a not a baby face champion thing to do. What? Yeah, Where it does- might have been a rib too. I never thought about that. Somebody, somebody could have. I mean, could have told. I mean, he, he probably. It, it very well could be. I, I, that kind of stuff happens all the time in wrestling. You know, you'll get some, you know, baby faces, blah blah. blah. He'll, he'll go out there and do something like that just to screw with the guy he's working with. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, where can guys or where can people find you guys online, or can they? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just uh, so for, for me, um, Facebook. Just look up Jimmy Flame uh, seventy seven. That's the the number seventy seven. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Flame Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Flame seventy seven. I also run a website where I uh, talk about cool baseball players and um, and share air fryer recipes. <laughs> <laughs> thinkslinger.org that's thinkslinger.org um, and I also have a business website called flamesaname.com and that's more or less for like production stuff that I do I also 
uh, work in production and do movies and, and um, entertainment, etc. Very cool. I just got a recipe for doing almost like it's taking crab cake type, what you put on top of crab cake. Uh-huh. But you, <laughs> but you, but you, but you roll it in crescent dough and cook it. So it's almost what? making like a, a crab stuffed croissant. Huh. Wow, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued because I love crab. I mean, I'm from Maryland, so I love crab, and I'm all, I'm down to try crab any which way you got it. So <laughs> I, I I found this on a website called uh, Tasty Recipes. All right. So tastyrecipes.com. Just look up crescent crab cakes or crescent crab. Croissant. Croissant. <laughs> how, come, like, how come all of a sudden people become like French speakers when they say croissant? I, I have no clue. I actually appreciate that you call it a crescent. Cause I'm like, okay, he's not trying to fake it and like, you know, or whatever. He's, he's, just, he's just saying it. Saying, he's just telling me how it is. Instead of going croissant. Well, we, well, with my daughter, she couldn't call it a croissant when she was little. So, mm-hmm. and she couldn't call it crescent. She called it moon. Okay. She called it moon bread because she knew it, it was shaped like a, a half moon. So she called it moon bread. I'm stealing that, dude. Moon bread. Moon bread. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. See that? <laughs> see that could be your new finisher. The the moon moon bread attack. The moon bread. The moon bread. Why do you have to call it the moon bread attack? That's hilarious. Because. Because you're gonna fold, you're gonna fold, you're gonna take the person, put them in a crescent shape, and then splash. But it's, okay, but the, it's, the moon bread splash. Why can't, why can't it be a, a croissant shape? Moon bread attack splash. Because you're because you're taking the, the phrase moon bread. <laughs> Do I have to book everything? He was he was reaching too. He was reaching. I, I'm reaching. Like, I'm making it work. <laughs> I'm gonna make it work. Take it. <laughs> I'm gonna make it work. It's that brass yeah. ring. It's that I'm brass sure, ring. With, with those skills, you can will it into it. <laughs> you, you know what, Mike? You know what you just reminded me of, Mike? I don't know if you guys will remember this, but have you guys ever seen that movie, There's Something About Mary? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, I, mean, I, I love heard. that movie. There's a scene where uh, Ben Stiller is hitchhiking and he gets, you know, he gets picked. No, I'm sorry. He was driving and he picks up a hitchhiker and they start talking about uh, the hitchhiker wants to make seven minute abs or whatever. And they're like, you know, well, what about six minute abs? And the hitchhiker just starts like tweaking out. It's like, no, you can't. Two, six, it's got to be seven minutes. And that's what Mike just reminded me of. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Tweaking> out. <laughs> so what about you, Nicholas? Where can people find you online? Uh, well, I keep it simple. Uh, all I got is a Facebook page. Uh, you can find me under Nicholas Yoder the second. Awesome. Well, check out the movie Wrestle Massacre. It is out uh, video on demand, I'm assuming. Yeah, Amazon, Walmart. Um, pretty much anywhere that you can buy DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever, it is uh, going to be on video on demand through like Amazon and like oh, cool. most most major. Yeah, but I don't know if it's out on on demand yet. I think um, they're it's just the DVD and Blu-ray uh, okay. release right now. You can also get it on VHS. Like I just found out that there's a company. Oh. That that um, you know the Wild Eye uh, Productions is is the, is the, now the distributor, and they worked they were working with a company to um, put it out on VHS, and it's out on VHS. And if you give me a second, I will actually find the URL. It's on face. It's, it's been plastered all over freaking um, Facebook as of late. Um, so it, if you have if you have high speed internet, but refuse to buy into the DVD <laughs> Blu-ray concept, and That's you right. still have a VHS, this 
movies for you. Well, that's like is that. Uh, is well, that like, like, like buying like, it on vinyl? Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I said, is that like is that like uh, buying it on vinyl? You know, the hipsters buy everything on vinyl. I can't believe I vinyl's coming back. Like, I was just gonna say yeah. that. Like, I've been playing in bands also for years, and it's like sometimes you just gotta release a single on a freaking seven inch record. It's just it's just it's awesome to have. Even if you don't have a record player, they're just cool to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Now you got to release your movie on VHS. Yeah. So why not? Even whether you're watching or not, it's just a cool item to have. So, uh, you know, pick that up as well. I think it's only like 20 bucks or something like that. Oh, cool. up the nostalgia. Oh, nice. Right, yeah. right. And also yeah. the um, the artwork looks just like one of those old Coliseum video. Oh. Um, you remember that? You yeah. Know? Yeah. It looks yeah, like one of those old awesome. Coliseum video things. And it's got, uh, you know, Richie like on the front cover holding up a, a severed head, like blood splattered everywhere. He's like, <laughs> It looks like something that would have been like an old WWF thing, like Deathmatch Part 4 or whatever. It's, it's Well, they wouldn't have released something like that back in the day, but it, it's the same that same kind of artwork. Unless it was ECW. ECW would have released it. <laughs> Deathmatch 2020. Battle right. Royal to the death. Battle Royal to the death. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. So very cool. Well, thank you guys for coming on. It was yeah, a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. It's good to meet you, Mike. Good. Good meeting you, Derek. We we definitely had a good time. You guys too. Uh, go check out. Yeah. Russell Massacre. Get your copy on VHS. That way you can watch it on Sunday. 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 and on that note uh there's only one thing left to ask and that is want to know more so um the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a Science Fiction Club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd.